All right, let's do it. What's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to the Life Live podcast. It's Diesel Dorns, Will and I sitting here in Capitol Hill in the lab once again, aka the apartment. Um, fun fact for y'all, it's the fourth Tuesday of January. We initially thought it was the third Tuesday, but it turns out there are five Tuesdays in this January of 2019. So we hope your uh, resolutions are off to a good start if you uh, buy into that program and um, that if you've fallen off, you've gotten back on. Or if you're like Will and you haven't started <laughs> because you're doing them in February, <clears throat> you're, uh, you're excited to uh, get some momentum going. Um, we're excited to be back chilling and excited that uh, you're listening again. And we're going to try a new concept tonight where we have a kind of a condensed episode. <clears throat> where he picked a couple of topics, um, specifically habits that we think are beneficial to our life and uh, did like a little bit of quick research to provide some factual backing to like the benefits. Um, and so we're both going to give our takes on, on intermittent fasting, meditation and therapy. <clears throat> and I think these are good, good topics because we both have done these things. Um, and do them, but we do them personally for different reasons. And I think the benefits between the two of us are different. So hopefully we can provide some value um, in a shorter time frame. So what are we going to start with? Yeah, I think we're going to start with meditation. I think I've, my friends know that I talk a lot about meditation and I've evangelized it to almost, I feel like everyone that around me, um, just because it's such a, a daily part of my life that I spend when I started out doing it um, over two years ago now I started with just doing 10 minutes a day um, worked up and I just did 10 minutes a day for about a, a year um, maybe like eight months and then I worked up to, to 20 minutes 20 minutes a day which is like what I go for every every day now if I can't do that um, I'll chop it down to a little bit but meditation is important to me because I it just it has so many benefits outside of calming the mind from anywhere from concentration to um, developing empathy to um, just being aware of your surroundings and, and understanding how you're going to react to a situation and making so it's that you don't react to a situation. Um, I'm reading this book called uh, Buddha's Brain right now and it was kind of enlightening when he when, when the author said that you it's hard to be empathetic until you know your own until you're aware of your own feelings and thoughts because you're you're not able to then go into the mind of somebody else and understand how they're feeling and so you have to understand yourself first and how you're feeling and be aware of those types of situations and emotions to to be able to truly understand somebody else and i think that's why people who meditate and i've noticed this myself is you start to become more compassionate and a lot more empathetic towards other people because you start to understand your own feelings a lot more. Um, Empathy is huge. Yeah. I think it like applies. Well, it's when you say that because I think it, it's like one of the main factors to happiness. Like if you don't have any sort of empathy, like it's hard to be content or appreciative of any situation. So, um, 
as far as as far as the approach and some of the stigma like we were talking about before we started recording um like what do you think about that like what do you think about stigma and a lot of people's response to the stigma or or the the age-old quote of like i tried it and it just wouldn't work didn't work yeah usually after one try like i have some opinions on that but do you have any specifically I think it's hard because because it's it's one of those techniques that you don't realize the benefits until they've compounded over time. That's when you really start to notice the benefits. It's it's similar to like yoga where if you go to yoga like once, you're like, oh, that was good. Like you felt nice to stretch. But when you start to do yoga over and over and over again or any sort of thing that compounds over time, that's when you start to notice the, the massive benefits. And I'm starting to... I notice more benefits the more I continue to meditate. It's not like I've like leveled off and like because I only meditate, quote unquote, only meditate twenty minutes a day. I'm only going to see those benefits. It's it's continued to compound over and over time, and I think it it is hard because you don't see those benefits immediately, and because we have like the monkey mind, which is like searching for sensation, 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 input, 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 that it's hard to just like go totally away from that which is complete opposite of what we're in today's world with social media, TV, um, Twitter, all those quick grabs of attention. And, and so I think it's really hard for people. So they think that they're unsuccessful the first time that they meditate. And it's also kind of a, it's, there's, it's, it's not tangible. It's all in your, in your own mind and it's in yourself. And I think the first thing that I, from a, a stigma perspective is there's no wrong way to meditate. No meditation is wrong that you ever do because your mind is going every every which way, that doesn't mean you're not meditating right. Like my, I have days where I meditate, I'm in the freaking zone, and I have days where like, it's like literally every two seconds, I'm like, oh my God, you're you're thinking about this, you're feeling this, you're like, you're feeling this pain, like what, like everything's going everywhere, and there's just no right or wrong way to meditate, I think is, is the most important part. I think it's really important that we both <clears throat> mention those days or certain sessions where it feels like it sucked yeah you know because it's it's still not doing it incorrectly there's just days where you're super super stressed or yeah. super distracted or there's mornings where like i cannot like I, i've been kind of doing it in the morning more lately like trying to um just be more deliberate about how i'm starting my days and there are mornings where it's like there's a few things i know i've got to do and I can't stop thinking about them like while I'm meditating. Yep. But <clears throat> hope we can edit out these coughs somehow. Probably not. But um Young Gunner with the raspy flows. Keep it raw. Void banks. <laughs> <laughs> um I really like that you said um that it's compounding. Um, because I was thinking earlier this morning about um how I was thinking about that, especially as it relates to getting started and how many people say it just doesn't work for me or or I feel like you know you just know some people that would say that Plus, that are just so just kind yeah. of I don't know jittery minded who you just I, I couldn't even yeah. imagine them sitting there and yeah. stopping and thinking but I was thinking about it in a weird way like <clears throat> up until the time I started a few years ago Probably like in my entire 20s, or I guess you could call it like adulthood, I probably hadn't ever 
outside of meditation or like before I started meditating ever stopped and said, what I'm going to do right now is just think and reflect. Never, never, never. There are a few times that it happened accidentally. Mm -hmm. If you're in, you know, I think if you're in some setting or you're, you're in a vibe where maybe you're laying on the couch and you get, it just happens. I'd get into it sometimes when I would run or like shoot hoops in like an empty gym by myself. Yeah. So, so, so back to the compounding thing. It's like, once you do it once, to me, it's like, it doesn't even matter how that went. It's the satisfaction of kind of throwing a little bit of an investment into my mind state, almost thinking about like, you know, any, any sort of compounding interest account that you have, you know, no matter how much you put in there, you know that it's compounding and you keep putting it in there because it's going to grow. And when you look at it, you know that it's the result of all the times you put a little bit into it. So to even think like of the word meditation, I think has some weird stigma. I've, I've really enjoyed thinking about it a little bit more in the, in the light of like just taking a break to give my mind a little bit of a break. And to me, that's satisfying in itself. Yeah. And then there are days you have really good sessions or there are days you have it and you're like, I feel way better after than I did before. And then throughout the day, you're kind of punctuating your day with little mini, quote, meditations. But I think it's good that we're talking about it a little bit because stigma, I think, stops people from doing a whole lot of things that are yeah. really beneficial. And part of the stigma can be like, I'm not good at it or it's just not for me. And that's completely aside from the stigma around spirituality or religion or some of the other things yeah. that really shouldn't prohibit you from doing it. But it's funny you do. say that because I don't even, <clears throat> I don't even think of meditation as being like spiritual or like any of those things. I just think of it as a way to like, it just feels good. Like legitimately after like you've done it for like after, I, th I think I started noticing the benefits after 10 sessions in a, in a row, 10 days in a row, 10 sessions, 10 minutes. That's when I started to like feel a little bit different and it started to, that's when I started to notice that it felt really good. Um, well, and I don't even like, so I think after a while I started removing the stigmas. I think I might've had some of those at the beginning telling people that I meditated like, well, that's, that's kind of weird. Like, why would you do that? You know, it also, it does seem to be coming a little bit of a buzzword. I would say I'm, I'm seeing it pop up in places like men's fitness and other right places aware. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, that's, that's good. It's a good thing. Like, like, like I said, there's no wrong way to do it. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about how, how to get started on it, at least from the, our perspective. So I'm just like what, what you do. Um, the way I usually start is I wake up in the morning. I, I use the Headspace app, but it's, you don't have to use it. I use it without it. I usually sit upright in a chair. Um, you, you want to be aware of, of how you're sitting and, and how you're um, sat in your posture, but you don't want to be overly thinking and overly like rigid in that. You want to be, be comfortable. And then you you keep your eyes open. This is, this is what I do at least. Keep my eyes open. Keep a very... Um, not you kiss specific. with your eyes open too. What do you kiss with your eyes open too? Depending on the kiss. Careful. Oh, okay. Uh, Good answer. And 
I keep not a specific, so it's a very, um, I'm blanking on the word, but it's not a specific focus. It's a very, I can see everything, all my peripherals, everything that's in front of me. And I, and you just kind of like take deep breaths in through the nose, deep breaths out through the mouth. And I do a couple of those. And then on one of the out breaths, I close my eyes and then I just focus on my surroundings. So I'm feeling the weight underneath my feet, feeling the weight in the chair, feeling my hands in, in the lap or on my knees, feeling the the shirt on against my skin, feeling like my arm being against my other arm and just all those feelings and also listening to the sounds that that's going on around. And then from there I move into a body scan and kind of just get a good feeling for how my entire body's feeling. Just do I feel tired? Am I awake? Do I feel heavy? Do I feel light and springy? And then I, I start at the top of my head and I go down through a scan essentially. And the way that I heard it described really well once was imagine it's, like a Xerox scanner and it's scanning from one side of the paper to the other. And it's just kind of like a general scan over the entire body, not getting hung up on any one spot in the body, but uh, you're just kind of moving down and just noticing how your body feels. If there's any areas of tightness, lightness, maybe you don't feel anything. You just feel neutral and that feels good because there was pain there the day before or there, mm. and so there's not there now. Um, and so, you can do that either one slow scan or you can do it in multiple scans. So I vary that. So at that point, you start to notice your breath usually, or I do. I do. Um, and then from there, I transition to focusing only on my breath, um, usually going in through the nose, out through the, in, in through the nose and out through the nose. Cause at this point you, I don't breathe out through the mouth. And I just focus on the breath and I just get more um, focused and focused and focused on the breath. And then as any sort of distraction happens, I will essentially note that distraction. Oh, you were distracted. You were thinking about a basketball game that you're going to be playing in tomorrow at 7 p.m. It's like, okay, thinking about that, move back to the breath. And that just happens over and over and over and over again. So you're kind of describing the calm, or uh, uh, sorry, quote, the headspace methodology, right? Th those are most of what... Pretty much the trans, the trans, the transcendental meditation okay. style. Do you? Um, I'll give my take on that too. But <clears throat> do you ever find yourself later in the day feeling happy that you meditated since you do it in the morning too, or like feeling the effect where you're just like, I just handled this situation better. And I think it has something to do with the fact that I meditated this morning. Yeah. And I have a bajillion stories that I could tell about that. Um, <laughs> I think the one um, that comes to mind the most, and I think I've told this story to you before, maybe on a previous recording or something like that, but I was, I'm pretty nervous, pretty nervous about public speaking, never been that, mm. that great at it. And I was going to an event with my company and speaking in front of um, 40 people for uh, about funding, funding programs that we have at our company. And I was pretty nervous. And one of the things that they tell you is to, in meditation, is be aware that you're feeling a certain way and realize that that emotion that you're feeling is not who you are as a person. It's just a feeling that you're having in that moment. And so essentially I noted it, that, hey, Will, you're feeling pretty anxious right now. You're about to do a public speak speech, but it's okay. And, and you just kind of acknowledge it and then you move on and then you focus on the content and it helped 
so much and I thought I was able to deliver a pretty good job. Uh, and I actually was talking with this gal at my work who did the same exact speech and she said that she was she would get so nervous ahead of doing public speaking that she would be shaking. And she told me a while ago that she like tries to meditate a couple of times a week. And so before she went over to do the same speech that I did, um, this is actually last week that she gave the speech. And I told her about like exactly what I did, how meditation helped me. And then we kind of reviewed the slides um, and the, the deck overall of the, of the speech. And I asked her today how, how she thought it went. And she's like, oh my God, it, I thought I did a really good job. I wasn't nervous or like shaking at all. And I, I thought it went over really well. And I was like, that's, I was like, so, I was so happy for her uh, to, to hear that. Cause it was just, it was so awesome to, to be able to hear that that could, could help someone, especially cause I know I get super anxious and I know what public speaking is a, a big anxiety point for a lot of people. And that's just one example. That's a great one because it's like, <clears throat> dude, public speaking is like something everyone hates the most. I love how you didn't pick like some everyday thing. <laughs> like you literally picked something that most people despise more than more than anything. It's you're an extremist. It was like one of the it's one of those things where it's like this is just has real world benefits in so many ways. Not even like amounting to the facts that it was just so simple. It yeah. was just, a, it was so, so basic. It did. I didn't have to change anything about the way I did. I just acknowledged the way I was feeling, acknowledge that that's just a feeling. It's actually not who I am as a person. And then just dismissed it, noticed it, let it go and then focus on the content. And it was just so simple. It took literally like a minute of my time to just like sink into that feeling of anxiety, be like, it's okay, Will. And you're almost having like this 30,000 foot view of yourself and the emotion. And you're like, you don't need to like feel this way. You're just trying to explain someone, you're just trying to explain this content to people that you talk about all the time that you know really, really, really well actually, but you're just feeling kind of nervous. Well, it can just lighten the mood so much to like almost laugh at yourself for a second to go, I'm just a guy here gonna, just talk yeah, and give a little bit more perspective. Now that you, you mentioned that, um, it makes me want to like break down a little bit more of like how um, it affects like performance. Like I did a little bit of research and most of the things I found had to do with like, you know, I think I don't even need to list these facts, but like obvious or obvious impacts on like depression and anxiety for people, which I think a lot of people probably would associate the value of meditation with but i'd be really curious after you saying that i bet we could find some really good information on like golfers uh really good public speakers nfl kickers like people who have these kind of tedious roles where it's all eyes on them in in how meditation plays a role because I would, i'm sure it does here's another example i was playing a basketball game last week in my like rec league at the whack and it's tie game. Like four seconds, I get the ball, and I get fouled trying to put up a shot, with point eight seconds left. 
same exact thing. I'm like, fuck, this is fucking nerve-wracking. I need to make one of these two free throws for us to win. And you just kind of like, you just kind of like acknowledge like that you're feeling that way. And you're like, okay, whatever. You've shot a million free throws in your life. You, I went up there and just drained the first one. And I was like, game over. Did you make the second or did you? I missed on potentially so they couldn't inbound the pass and oh. make some like jokes. That's too bad. Shot, you know. Affects your stats a little bit. I know. So sad. Good thing you didn't have like a Steve Nash streak going. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, like that's. It's, it's, it's applicable in so many different ways. Yeah. One of the ways that I, I feel like, um, Andy from, uh, Headspace, shout out to Andy Pudicombe. This is, I think his second shout out of the podcast. Maybe more, maybe more, but he's awesome. Has a great, great voice for it. Um, you know, kind of a, a bit of a concept that I think he introduced me to, and now I've heard it in another app that I've been using too, is, is that to me I'm, I'm thinking less about like i don't know the buzzword or something of of, of meditation because like using the using an app or the the practice of sitting down is is practicing for having that skill when you're just out and about in your life yeah you know it's not about saying i meditate it's about having some form of like super present approach to all the other things you're doing mm-hmm. right it's like you don't go to the gym to say that you go to the gym or to like be at the gym it's like injury prevention and you're like preparing for some athletic performance or just general happiness and you know yeah so like i like the concept of thinking you know i'm practicing building some space between what happens in the world and how i react because that can make or break you know how, so many how things. You, yeah, how you perform in, in any situation. Um, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but it. I also really. But I think that's the beauty it. of it. There's no. Yeah. There's you can't be perfect at meditation. The the monks in uh, Tibet, they're not perfect. Yeah. They've just done it a lot. Well, I was more so saying I'm not perfect in always having the space and how oh, okay. I react yeah, yeah. to a moment. But what I what I can say as far as like. The compounding value is that in the fact that it even happens in moments where like things happen or someone says something and instead of reacting I think I'm just in this moment where this person said something and I actually have a choice right now yeah versus in the past where whatever type of situation you're in what whether it be stressful or high tension or not I was probably just responding at like my gut reaction, which oftentimes was good and appropriate. And then maybe there's other times where you were like, I wish I had taken a second and I could have said something better. Like these aren't always bad situations, right? You can be in a meeting or you're in situations like, Oh, I wish I would have said something better. And if you take a little bit of a moment. And so it's, it's kind of funny thinking back like some of the really smart people I know we've both worked with, and we've always noticed this thing where they'll be in these situations where all eyes are on them and they get asked a question and they're not quick to respond. They take like an extra second or two and you're like, and you see it, you're like, oh, the wheels are turning. Mm-hmm. Like they're really thinking about how to respond to this and not kind of falling victim to the pressure to respond immediately just because someone's looking at them, you know? And so I feel, I, I almost, I feel like my own cheerleader where I'm in these moments and it happens and I'm like, hey, I'm doing this as a result of practicing 
Yeah. You know? And I feel like a lot of situations are I'm handling better. Yeah, because I agree. Because anybody takes a, you know, I think everyone's had that moment in the shower where they're like, oh, had I only said this. You know? Yeah. Like, no matter what the moment is, but, like, this kind of gives you a little bit of that to go, what's my goal here? Like, how do I really want to respond to this? Like, yeah. versus maybe what my emotions are telling me in the moment. I'd agree on all those points. Um, in the sake of time, I think meditation also translates really well into fasting mm. because it allows you to be aware of how you're feeling and if you're really hungry at that moment um, and your relationship with food, I think it, it can have a big, big impact. And I, I've been doing intermittent fasting, I feel like a long time. I just didn't even know what it was called. I just like growing up, I never ate, I would never eat breakfast like ever. What was Donna's problem, dude? Not giving you some breakfast, bro. No, I just, I was the kind of person like in school waking up, like I would alarm would go off, throw on clothes, put on backpack, like be out the door, like no time for breakfast. I just didn't make the time. Mm. Um, and then same thing in college. I don't ever remember like really eating breakfast in college. I started doing it for a little bit at work. Um, actually I read out for a little bit. I started having like oatmeal every morning, but it was just kind of like, okay. So I've kind of just been doing it like my whole life and I wouldn't eat, eat until lunch. And then I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, until probably like two years ago that what it was called intermittent fasting. Maybe it was three, it was probably three years ago at this point now where I don't eat breakfast ever try and go anywhere from 14 to 18 hours. I actually just completed my first 24 hour or 48 hour fast hmm. last week. And I actually felt great. The hardest part is getting, and it's, is I think fasting is a big stigma too, because I would, I, I'm not trying to, brag when I post this but it's like first meal in like 48 hours like fuck this is gonna taste good you posted that yeah on like snapchat just oh. like a story but you're like one of the seven people in the world still on snapchat anyway um and but the the thing is I think the benefits around fasting are ease of life number one I'm not tied to food ever I can go 24 hours without eating, I can go 48 hours without eating now that I've known because I've tested myself. And all those times that I wanted to go eat, I used my practice of having done meditation and been like, are you really hungrier now? Are you actually hungry? Like, how, how is your stomach feeling? And I was like, no, I'm not really hungry right now. My body just wants it, whether it's because it's 12 o'clock in the, in the afternoon or it's like six, seven, eight o'clock and my body just like, this is when you should eat. This is, you look at the clock and you're like, the clock, oh, I should eat because it's six. When like, oh, am I actually hungry? Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for all this R. Kelly stuff, there's a great R. Kelly lyric for this. You know that line? Where he's, he says, uh, my mind is telling me no, <laughs> but my body. We can't do it. We can't do it. Like, we got to mute R. Kelly. Like, that guy's a dirty savage. So I'm sorry to the world. Yeah, for there are a lot of dirty savages that made good art, though. Okay. I appreciate you trying to... <laughs> I appreciate you trying to move, move us Sounded in. Sounded terrible. Move us into the next topic. But I told the people we were going to give them some facts on these topics. Right, so I'm going right. to bust sure. out the yeah. two about meditation Backtrack. real quick before we move on. Because 
we need to be honest with our listeners. We told them they were getting facts, yeah. and here are some facts. No machine. Um, both of these articles can be found on Found My Fitness uh, by Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who is a savage. Um, two two points. Um, wow. Um, one, in a, in a study of, of a, a large group of prison inmates, um, practicing meditation lowered trauma symptoms by 56% including anxiety, depression, and, and disassociation. And then um, the combination of meditation and aerobic exercise done together helps reduce depression. Um, the study found that uh, the mind and body combination done just twice a week for two months reduced the symptoms of depression and anxiety in a group of students by 40%. So we have our opinions, but like, there's some truth to it. And in most studies, like some pretty dramatic impacts are had. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wish, I wish we had prepared a little bit more because it'd be awesome to have some facts about more like performance based stuff, you know, like like, sports, like you said, yeah, sports or something in how the mind performs as it uh, around like a memory as well. I think that would be be really interesting is how it affects lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I could see see that, um, yeah. Just the idea of like giving your mind a break and freeing it up a little bit could lead to you being like much quicker on the feet, much more composed. Anyway, let's let's carry on. We're trying to keep this really short, and we're already behind schedule. So, um, I like what you said about intermittent fasting. I wanted to add real quick. Um, I do a sixteen eight, which is sixteen hours off in with an eight hour window and my eight hour window is usually 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Most days I go until I end up going until like 2 p.m. and I end up eating in like a a shorter window. Like if I'm just feeling good, usually I'm at work around this time. If I'm feeling good, I just don't eat, right? And I think it's important to talk a little bit about the impact of water, like especially for someone getting started, drinking a lot of water. Yeah, I drink a lot of water. Yeah. A lot. It is very important. Um, and as far as the stigma, I wanted to touch on that too. Again, another thing that's got so much stigma. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I have a little bit of a duty because I, I, you know, for I, I can't assume everybody listening like s- sees me or like understands kind of where I see the value in it. I weigh 162 pounds now, and at one point I weighed 222 pounds, and it's, like, pretty crazy to think about, but, like, a lot of the people that I'm around over this time have asked, like, what? How tall are you? I'm 5'9", so an extra, what is that, 40 pounds, 60 pounds? It doesn't sit well, bro. Damn, that's insane. <laughs> Dude, I'll post pictures Holy eventually, shit. but, like, my face looked like a Krispy Kreme donut. I don't know why <laughs> I just like saying that. But, you know, ironically, I was exposed to the idea of fasting on a Chris, uh, sorry, a Rhonda Patrick episode on Joe Rogan. So it's funny. It's like I've got, I was going to say Chris Kreskin. I thought you said a crispy. I thought you were going to say on a Krispy Kreme podcast no, no, or something. I was going to be like, what? I heard about it from Chris Kresser. But, like, <laughs> when you have enough people ask you, like, what, what did you do or what are you doing? Like, how are you losing this weight? And you're like, hey. It's nothing crazy, but it's ironic that it came from a podcast. And you're just like, wouldn't everyone want to listen to podcasts if this kind of information is out there? But they don't. And so you share it and you get good feedback. And that's like super satisfying. But 
um, it was a new it was a new habit that I adopted. Sounded obnoxious. Loved it from the start. When like, was this? I've been trying to do the math. Probably two and a half years ago. So like, I think nuance is another important thing to say. Like, I think anything I talk about is like always going to be like sustainable and like i'm not someone who has fasted every day for two and a half years yeah yeah, but the idea of a habit that's like a little bit malleable to your schedule if you eat late you can push your window back the next day you can move it forward yeah customize it on your own you mess up you can get right back to it you know there are a lot of diets that like are very restrictive and if you mess up like the 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 negative impacts are like lasting and and bad. Like fasting is just a thing you can just do any day. You mess up, you can get right back on it the next day. So this whole time I've pretty much done, you know, except for occasions where you you obviously wouldn't want to do this. I've done fasting Monday through Friday and then I enjoy my weekends, do whatever I want, you know? Um, But as far as the stigma and and kind of why it sounds crazy, um, I think it's important to note that like, you know, it sounds crazy because we're on a schedule that I think has kind of been sold to us in a way. Um, and it's relatively recent as far as like human existence. But if you, if you look at like our primal ancestors, they most likely live like this, you know, going long durations or, you know, several days without eating, just due to the fact that they didn't have grocery stores and vehicles and, you know, weapons weren't always as efficient as they are. Um, but that type of break in a way, like meditation gives your mind a a break. Um, fasting gives your gut and your liver a huge, like a a longer break Mm -hmm. than it's used to. So it allows your body to work on other things, which is what cascades into, like, I've got some really good facts about some of the benefits that I've shared with people, but haven't really shared the factual kind of medical explanations of it what i've been focusing a lot more and why i've extended my intermittent intermittent fasting which i had done typically from the 16 to 18 14 to 18 hour fast to 24 hour fast a 30 hour fast and Mm -hmm. now a 48 hour fast is because um i've had a couple of people uh in my life that have had cancer Mm -hmm. at one of them had cancer at a very young age and then another one had has cancer now and she's in like her 60s brain brain cancer and there's been a ton of studies about how combining fasting it reduces the it essentially makes the cancer cells sensitive to, to chemotherapy and it also protects the normal cells um yeah i have it's there's yeah that's that's awesome. I love that we ended up with the same research, even though we didn't talk about this. But chemotherapy is like it damages cells mm-hmm. with the hope of like killing weak ones. Mm-hmm. But one of the problems is is it also kills strong ones. Chemotherapy doesn't identify what those cancerous cells are. Um, but what fasting does and why it's being paired with it is um, again. This is on Found My Fitness, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, factual stuff here. Um, So it increases the numbers 
and the quality of your mitochondria, right? Like the building blocks to your cells, which make up what you are. And it um, increases uh, um, autophagy, which is your body's self-cleansing process at mm -hmm. the cellular, cellular level. So that's where it ties into chemo, where it's a mechanism that um, your cells use to disassemble unnecessary or dysfunctional components and allows orderly degradation and recycling of those components. So I've always, before I knew this, to me it felt like kind of an analogy to like an oil change. Like the first, one of the first steps is like draining mm -hmm. the old oil, the gunk out of a vehicle so that you can re, you know, obviously replace it with good stuff, but also just have a clean system. It's um, a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. But it goes much deeper than that because it's like, when I was when I use that analogy, I was more so thinking of kind of like your stomach and your gut, but it does go so much deeper than mm -hmm. that into the cellular level. So um, when you get into all of those, like once you like understand that, okay, fasting can have an impact on my like on a cellular level. Then the understanding of all the kind of windfall impacts is much more clear. So anti aging. Like my skin improved a ton, a ton. That also I can definitely attribute to better nutrition and, yeah. and probably exercise, but you know they definitely went hand in hand. So every, every I think it's it's pretty widely known that your skin improves and some of the anti aging stuff, but understanding why, like where that comes from, the fact that giving your body a break on a daily level. And eating a, like within a shorter window, yeah, can like literally change who you are as a person. Like your body's gonna get rid of unhealthy cells on a daily basis, you know. And then that leads to the cognitive abilities as well or uh, benefits. Yeah, and that's the the crazy thing when I did the my forty eight hour fast is like you just feel pretty, you feel pretty uh, aware. And just locked in and you feel pretty uh energized actually because i mean back a long time ago people didn't get to eat every every single day right so yeah that's the, it was kind of the body's it. way of hey like you're gonna become ultra aware and like ultra focused so that you can go find food right that that touches on exactly what i had about brain function this is great. We're like the couple that always finishes each other's <laughs> sandwiches. Oh, I was I said sandwiches. You were gonna say sentences. Sandwiches would be pretty good too. I think that's a Seinfeld joke. Probably. Where he baits the girl into saying sentences, but then he yells sandwiches, and he's like, "Ah, oh, maybe we're not perfect for each other." Anyway. <laughs> Best way to get out of a relationship. <laughs> but um, so there are studies that kind of support the fact that. Reaching a fasted state, which for I think the average person is like that 14 to 16 hour yeah. mark. Um, it kicks your body into a quote survival mode, which fo forces your brain to have more focus on the tasks at hand because it your body starts to think that these tasks, no matter what they are, are crucial to survival because we're like, we're not getting the nutrients we're used to and the time we're used to. Those so, emails I send in the 16 hour fast, those are the best ones. Yeah. So I love that you 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 kind of said that off top, but like there's really good like factual uh, data to back that. So and yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I feel like I'm I think much clearer 
quicker on my feet and like more calm. Like I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I honestly personally love the number one benefit to me, aside from all the, the skin and the cellular and all that kind of stuff, it's just my life is easier because of it. Yeah. And I don't get hangry. Yeah. I literally do not get hangry anymore. And like <clears throat> my life is not dictated by a, a time schedule to eat. And that is just so, it's freeing. I have freedom now in my life. I'll say away this, from though, time constraints. About being, about not being hangry. I'm not ever hangry if I'm eating well around the times I'm also fasting. Yeah. If you have a night where like you eat a bunch of shit, like refined sugars and carbohydrates, which is inevitably going to happen, happen unless you're crazy. And then you try and fast the next day. I, it, it seems like a struggle. To Those achieve. are the days I try and fast the hardest. Well, for sure. But like, as far as needing, fasting hard, needing the nutrients <laughs> you need 18 hours later after you ate a yeah. crappy meal, your body's not, Depleted. you know, it's not like you're giving it the fuel it needs to last yeah. that long. Um, and so ironically in my list of benefits, I put um, caloric management last because it was the reason I started doing it. Um, I mean, obviously for anybody trying to lose weight, step one and the 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 only step really is creating a caloric deficit yeah. for yourself on a daily basis. There are a million ways to get there, but fasting obviously leads to eating fewer meals, so it makes it easier to consume less cal calories than you burn. Less grocery bill. Less, yeah. But um, I put this last mainly to be ironic because it's the reason I started doing it, but it's kind of a side effect now um, as to like why I keep doing it. You know, yeah. like I love it now for so many of the other benefits you know so funny that doesn't that doesn't even like cross my mind as yeah like a benefit i think that's why it's interesting we talk about it because i started for one reason you started because donna didn't give you breakfast in elementary school damn it donna <laughs> just kidding but um you know that's the i think that's the beauty of of these conversations right everybody's out here trying things for different reasons and there's a million different benefits. How are we looking on time? We're, we're pretty far over, so we should get what to that. We we're at like 45, I think, already. 45 already? God, we're going to try and do 30 minutes. Yeah. All right. We were going to talk about therapy a little bit. Should we? Yeah, let's talk about it. I think we, we, can, keep it, we can keep it short. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, so I... Back... My experience with therapy was... Back in, I want to say this was like junior high, beginning of junior high, it was family therapy with uh, my parents. My mom's mom had recently passed away and that was very difficult for my mom because she's, we live in Seattle and her whole family is on the East Coast, specifically uh, she grew up in South Carolina. Shout out to Spartanburg and... Uh, Weird time for a shout out, okay. And... <laughs> It was just really hard for her and it was really hard on the family just in general um and so we kind of went to like family family counseling to like hey just talk through that because that had an impact on on everything else also my dad runs his own business so he couldn't probably dedicate as much time as he probably should have or could have to like being there for my mom um and it was just a time for us to sit down 
and just talk and like let people know how you feel and just get everything on the table so that you can then work on things because I think that's really all therapy is and when you get down to it it's, it's I'm feeling this way not so much can it how can I make it go away but it allows you to actually then get more more empathy for the other people that you're with or to understand empathy for yourself and give yourself more self-love um, mm. so I think it has a definitely multiple types of benefits um, and I think that's my experience and I think it was super valuable because my parents are still together our family is super super tight and it's it helped us get us through a hard time well in a way you're super lucky because maybe because of that experience you don't subscribe to the stigma that a lot of people do including yeah. myself like a few months ago because you you were in it not yeah. so much by choice, right? You're a kid yeah, and your kid. family's like, we're just going to take you in here. Yeah. But um, that's interesting because I definitely found myself in a situation where it seemed like it would be beneficial, but I was hesitant because of some stigma. Like at this point in this situation, I don't. Well, you have like, the conversation with yourself and it's, it's you're being really vulnerable with yourself mm-hmm. in in accepting that maybe you do need therapy and I look at therapy as like you're just having a conversation with someone who's not gonna judge you yeah that's really all it is and they're just they're helping you explore yourself yeah that's honestly all it is yeah I think it was it's it's funny to think about what it actually is because I was kind of um in a way, like, thrusted into it after this very kind of confusing um, breakup where I just had a lot of questions and nothing really made sense. And I was just like, I, I think... Um, and and the I- ironic thing is I had several friends along the way, but like, have you tried therapy? And I'd be like, dude, no, like, that's, that's, that's crazy. And then all of a sudden it was like, I feel like this needs to happen. And then I go in there... And then, like, right away, like, a few minutes into it, this lady, um, I want to give her a shout-out, but I, I probably shouldn't mention her name for some reason. Yeah. But um, great gal here in Madison Park. If you want the hookup, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, right away, there are a few things that, like, kind of surprised me about the value. Because you go in, and you're just like, okay how do I educate you on this situation so that you can even get to the point where you can help me, right? And, and how do I do this in the most, you know, unbiased way, tell you about my situation? Because, like, I felt like in order for you to help, you need the most honest thing, which is, like, telling you some embarrassing things, right? Because yeah. I made some serious mistakes and things that I still regret. And um, But, like, a few minutes into it, she's like, I need to stop you. Like, one... And, and she said this. She's like, a big part of the value in coming in here is a couple things. One is um, people are always beating themselves up about situations, right? Because you just get consumed and you mm-hmm. replay your highlight tape in your head of like, and it was, it's not a highlight tape. It's a low light, it's a low light tape yeah. in a way, right? Um, and I think for some reason we all do this. I think even if it's not some traumatic thing, like we all have this desire to improve. And so we all have these weird list of memories where it's like I wish I would have done something a little differently yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's like she stopped me and she's like hey you're a human and life is fucking hard and relationships are really hard and you're in here 
that's your past. Doesn't have to define you. The fact that you're even in here is, you know, she's like, you know, hyping me up a little bit, which was like good. But right away, I, she like kind of kicked me out of my own head. So I was like, wait, okay, you know, people go through things. And then that was like step two. She was like, you know, you're consumed in your own brain of, of what happened here and what could have happened and what somebody else did and what you did. Um, but part of the value is, and she felt like part of her job was to remind me of like, dude, millions of people go through exactly what you're going through. Whatever you're going through, that's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. You're in a situation and there are there definite, definite moments where I was like overwhelmed by the situation and overwhelmed by like, a lot of regret, you know, around these situations. And I apologize to all my friends who have had to hear the stories over and over, but almost everyone has been pretty quick to be like, hey, dude, you got to forget it with regret. Like, you've got a life to live and people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but some immediate value was this reminder and kind of slap in the face and kind of, you know, pat on the back to say, hey, everybody goes through really hard things. It's okay to like laugh at yourself a little bit and go, life is really hard. And, um, and it, it's a weird, interesting self-care tie-in thing to medication, medi- medication, meditation, fasting, anything else. You're like investing a little bit into this bucket of like your wellness every time you go. And, um, I feel super lucky to have done it and especially lucky to have had a few people that kind of suggested the idea um what did it help you understand about yourself about the situation or anything um i mean that's a really really loaded question but i think if you can summarize it yeah i like i don't even know if i can but for starters and i think it's the whole point of why we're talking about it is to not buy into the stigma like if you're in a situation and it's really fucking hard and you're trying your best and you're still confused and you're trying your best and you're being honest with yourself and you're not getting the results, especially if someone says, have you considered therapy? It's probably not a good idea to laugh it off. Yeah. it's a good point. Especially in the sense of, of in the name of stigma. Like if you just, if you don't care about the situation or you're just going to remove yourself from it and you just don't care. Okay. That's one thing. But if you care and you care, especially to not, have those types of situations anymore um go do it and then the other thing is you know we're pretty lucky and like i would imagine it's like we already know this based on our friends and most of the jobs that they have and the benefits that they come with it's covered in your insurance like it's basically free you know i think i had to pay a copay for each time i went so like if, if you're thinking about it and maybe there's like you think that there could be some benefit there is absolutely nothing to lose. Like that's an important thing. What's the what's the quote uh, or saying? It's like, if everybody took their own advice, we'd all all our problems would be solved. But right. it's so easy to give advice to somebody else instead of just taking it. Whereas if you were to look at someone in a situation or maybe just where a point where they're at in their life, you know, like it, you could use somebody that you could talk to who's just on bias and just wants to help you through it. Right. If you think that you would give that advice to somebody else, maybe you should do it yourself. Yeah, and I think it's okay to to be, you know, I feel like I was, in a way, nobly stubborn. Because I'm like, hey, 
I've come this far. I've had some success. I've had good relationships and maintained several relationships for many years, platonic and romantic, right? It's okay to think to yourself, well, I, I don't need it because I think I'm good enough to navigate these situations. It's okay to look at all that and go, wait a minute, a professional who's heard millions of stories and has spent hours and hours and hours studying how your brain reacts to situations might actually be able to tell you something about your situation that like you would never even fathom. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what I could say as far as the benefit is like, that's what happened. There was a lot of kind of little drip information that was like, whoa, what was going on was a lot deeper and a lot, you know, um, in a way more important than what I thought was going on. And so it opens a whole new conversation for, you know, anybody who's interested. Um, yeah, it's like a weird way to introduce you to a concept that you, you may not know about. Otherwise, you might just be banging your head against the wall and you're not, you're not even addressing what a real issue could be. How did you get started? How did you... <clears throat> how... So don't spend too much time on the when you make the decision to go do it, but what was like the actual steps and like, okay, maybe I want to go find someone. Yeah. A lot of people then people still get stuck. They're just like, okay, well. So I had a couple of friends who did it, and I asked what what they did. One of them I work with, and he suggested uh, we're not on Primera anymore, but like most insurance companies have a portal now where you can find. Is this what you're asking? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical or actual mechanics. steps. I think it's helpful because it was part of the reason why it took so long. Like, there were there were conversations about doing it, and then it didn't happen because it was like, it's not super easy to like find a therapist, yeah, yeah. right? So, good question. Um, but I went on Primera's portal, and again, it sounds like most major insurance providers have some sort of portal where you put in your coverage... Um, and you can search geographically um, for what you're looking for. And so I, <laughs> that was funny because I got there and then I was like, what am I looking for, right? So then I like Googled some things related to some of the problems I was having to, to understand like, okay, what specific type of psychology might apply to what I think the problems are, right? Yeah. And like, let me tell you, like I, you know, I'm not a psychologist or therapist, right? I was just guessing as, as honestly as I could. And so I, I started writing down a bunch of names and you go to their websites and you look at them and you just, you find some people that kind of tell a story that you think applies to you. And I, I, I got like five names that are around my neighborhood and around my office that I thought would be convenient. And then I reached out to them all, you know, a couple people picked up, left messages for a couple others. They called back and said, Hey, what's up? And then, um, I kind of, in a weird way, it was kind of like my own little March Madness bracket of therapists <laughs> where I was like, I think this one, I had good conversations with all these people, but uh, there were a couple and then eventually one that I just decided, all right, let's, let's give it a shot. Worst case, you have one session and you stop. Yeah. But, you know, I just went in there and, you know, first time sitting there is basically you trip, like fumbling your way through what the hell you're even doing yeah. in there, right? How many um, sessions did you do? I lost track, but I mean, I did it. I mean, in a way, I'm still doing it. Like, I'll go back in there, you know, eventually. But I probably did eight. Yeah. Probably, maybe, maybe more. Yeah. Um, but it was the great thing about it is like, you want to keep doing it. Like, it's so, 
ironically, therapeutic. It, in a way, it's like these conversations. Like, yeah. we just love getting together and talking about shit that's real. And with her, it was a little different to where, obviously, she's, you know, educated in a different way on these topics. Yeah. To where a lot of it is me just blabbering, and she's like, let me stop you here, let me stop you there, let me let me try to help you understand maybe what actually happened in that moment. And, you know, and it's like this and that. Probably therapeutic just be as vulnerable as you can be or yeah. allow yourself to be in those situations. Dude. To someone who doesn't, isn't going to be biased. I'm glad you said that because it's not seeking help in any situation is not an act of weakness. It is the strongest thing you could do is like looking at yourself, all things considered, no matter how highly you think of yourself, and going, if I did this, I would get a little better. You're not like, I think that's this, That's part of the stigma, is like yeah. you're kind of admitting, oh, something's wrong. No, that doesn't mean you're weak. That means you're interested in maybe hearing some hard things to get better, you know? So I think it's it's good that you you asked that but um yeah those those vulnerable moments for me were just like the most liberating and every single time I walked out of there flying high because it was just like it's the same as meditating or like a good workout you're like fuck like that was hard and I'll be thinking about it a lot but I'm happy I did it I'm super happy I did it no regrets some mo- like definitely shed a few tears in there that's fine like I'll be a hundred percent a better man for it, you know. So I don't think we meant for this to get this uh this grainy, but that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, that's why we're what what are we? Like almost an hour over. <laughs> when we when we wanted to do thirty, 30 minutes. minutes. Sorry guys. It, yeah, we could have done an hour on each of the topics. Yeah, easy. But uh hey, this will still be our shortest episode yeah. yet by far. What else? What else you wanna add? Anything? Nothing. I think uh, just once again, uh, if you have any questions, feedback about anything that we've talked about, um, reach out to us directly. Um, we really appreciate your time. We know it's super valuable. It's It can't go without saying it is the most valuable thing. So anytime that you guys give to us, we, we, we really appreciate it. So any feedback you can give is, is, is also appreciated. <clears throat> and I just want to say, like, I think we've done this before. Like, I'm I'm like flatlined when someone reaches out and said like i listened yeah we run into someone they're like hey i listened to your thing like, or, wait, what yeah like a couple people have been like i got all caught up like when's the next one and they have like real feedback and they're interested in what we're doing um if i had my way i would like list everyone's name and be like thank you because yeah. it's just like it's one of the warmest feelings i've had you know because to me a lot of this is like embarrassing and kind of silly and yeah. it's vulnerable but like um i don't know it just it means so much that people take a little bit of time to listen to it and then like for some reason they go listen again to another episode yeah <laughs> so thank you guys we appreciate it go subscribe give us a great rating share it with your friends if you think you'll get some value give us a funny review if yeah. you want some entertainment go read the reviews yeah the reviews there. are pretty ridiculous uh, i was like oh fire. my god all right we're taking off the lab coats and taking our goggles off we're signing out out life lab out love y'all